We've got an update on the latest commitments on Big Ten teams, and as the season winds up, what can we expect from recruiting since the off-season grind is starting to slow down? You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson, and thank you for making the show your first listen every single weekday. Coming up on today's show, John Garcia Jr. is back in to break down a little bit more on recruiting, some commits for us to talk about, but also we'll get into the start of the football season coming up. What does that mean since the big, big recruiting schedule of the offseason is now, of course, for coaching staffs going to get cut down, but players will still be taking visits to schools, there will still be players committing, but we'll talk to John about what kind of slowdown we can start to expect here and when exactly that happens as the season gets started up here on Locked On Big Ten. Of course, before any of that with John, though, the biggest news from the day, big news out of Michigan State, not necessarily news that Tom Izzo is staying with the Spartans, but he has re-signed his deal. He'll be a Spartan for life, was the official quote, and the report's coming out now that that could be worth $6.2 million per season under the newest terms. So, of course, a big check for Coach Izzo, as we said. It's the biggest news of the day, I guess, but I, I don't really know. I mean, again, him staying at Michigan State isn't news. The number, news, sure. Other news out of the Big Ten, Apple and Amazon could be involved in a possible Big Ten streaming package. We talked about this a little bit when it was announced that ESPN was done with the Big Ten. I didn't know where all the other sports went, right? Because Fox, I'm guessing, now gets more involved. CBS and NBC are going to have their chunk of whatever it is if that deal that we've been reporting has been finalized. Not us reporting, not me reporting. It, We've been talking about it. Anywho, if that goes through, of course, tons of games to be spread around and tons of time on those networks that'll want it. But at the same time, like NBC said, Peacock could get involved on that initial report. But now, as far as all the other sports goes, I'm very interested to see how this works because really, aside from there being talks between Apple and Amazon, that's all that we got in this story there's no sort of indication as to how this thing could be structured and how much each of those services would get. I, Again, Big Ten reportedly wants a streaming side of things and is in talk with Apple and Amazon for that. But I don't know what that means as far as what goes on those services. Again, there's plenty of sports to go around now because it's not just football. It's not just basketball. It's all the other Big Ten sports that were leaning on ESPN Plus and other ESPN networks to be broadcast. Now those places need a home. And Big Ten will find one for them. But I'm very interested to see exactly how all this shakes out. Because that was a big part, I thought, at least of the deal with ESPN, was that there was going to be Big Ten games for smaller sports out there getting exposure. So now with the Big Ten throwing that aside, you know they still want to have, of course, those games on TV. It seems like there's plenty of a market, even if it's smaller sports, to get them. So I'm very interested to see how all of that stacks up. 
Again, very little though actually known as to whether or not this is something that'll be like a big part of the deal or just a few games going that way, or if it'll actually happen, of course. Again, these are just reports of talks that could lead to a deal someday right now. So nothing to get too ahead of yourself on. Right now, it seems like the most solid thing is that soon we'll hear about the official details of the Fox NBC CBS deal, unless, of course, something takes a giant turn, which honestly wouldn't be all that surprising, right? We'll get to John Garcia Jr. and recruiting updates here on Locked on Big Ten. Going to ask John about the latest commits to Big Ten schools. A couple of four-star guys going to programs in the Big Ten in big, big moves. But also going to look forward and ahead. There's some big commitment dates coming up as a lot of high school players want to make that choice before their senior season on the field. But things will slow down once the seasons actually get going. So how big of a slowdown will there be? What kind of stuff will we see on the recruiting trail as the season gets started? We'll talk to all of that with John Garcia Jr. here from Sports Illustrated on Locked On Big Ten. But first... Built Bar is where you go for any of your protein bar needs. If you're someone who watches Locked On Big Ten, you already know this. I don't really have to tell you. If you haven't tried the new Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys out there. And guess what? There's a new flavor, delicious indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. Built has done it again. We told you, Built Bar is just incredibly good. Protein encased by chocolate and the built puffs are another level chocolate around marshmallow that still gets you all the nutrition of a regular protein bar too they're pushing the limits on how far they can go to make this thing look and taste like a candy bar and again it really is that good it's the favorite of the locked on hosts throughout all of our sponsors and you should try it out really right now. Head on over to Built.com right now. Get the new cookie dough puff or any of the other flavors that are out there at Built.com and use LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off. You're tuned into Locked On Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson. Joining us to talk some football recruiting here on the show, John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated. We thank John for coming on, and we thank LinkedIn and LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. John, thanks as always for copping onto the show for us and talking some recruiting news with us. We have had a couple of big commitments over the last week or so. We have first, starting most recently, a player by the name of Carmelo, I was about to say Anthony for some reason, but Carmelo <laughs> Taylor is committed to Penn State, a wide receiver, smaller guy, speed kind of back, but a four-star commit for the Nittany Lions. This seems like one of their bigger gets. It is. And I think optically, this is really important, right? You know, Penn State lost a speedy, explosive wide receiver commitment to Georgia just a few weeks ago. So to optically reciprocate like this is really important, makes a lot of sense. We all know that the there's few and far between, you know, these guys who are smaller, faster at this level, because you're not talking about a guy who's four, six, five in the 40. You're talking about a state champion in the hundred and the 200 meter dash. So this is legitimate wheels. This is 10, five, 10, six, uh, who could really go. And, and, and the beauty of it with Carmelo is you see it on tape. You know, a lot of times 
We, we see guys being labeled as track guys who happen to play football or vice versa. Now, this is a track guy who can also very much play football. Uh, this is a, an explosive receiver, as you mentioned, big play threat, whether it's bubble screen, make a guy miss and outrun everyone else, or just beat him at the top of the route and outrun everyone else before the ball ever arrives kind of player. But, but he's not just a finesse guy, and I think that's what I think makes him a nice fit for Penn State. They've, they've utilized small receivers over the years, but they're never – small finesse players they mix it up in the jet sweep game they certainly have to block in James Franklin's system uh, and I think Carmelo can assimilate to that eventually down the line and, and what shows us that is he's pretty tough you know he takes a lot of direct snaps as a as, as a reserve quarterback uh, for his high school and he's got to navigate the wash the big guys uh, in that processing and, and he does so pretty successfully and flashes some toughness and physicality there along the way despite being listed at like 165 pounds so obviously the weight's going to come but you can't coach that type of speed especially when it is already translated onto the football field so this is a really nice get for Penn State uh, to further expand that offensive footprint we know they're going to be big up front and we know they're going to run the ball can they continue to push for more athletic like pass catchers like the Jahan Dotsons that really start to widen up the, the perception of, of Penn State football on offense. What are the specific things you see when you're looking at the difference between someone who's, like you said, a track star that plays football and someone who's a track star who is also a football player as well? It's the linear stuff versus the nonlinear. The, the guys who are in that track and field box are great off of the line. They're great in a straight line. But when you have to get off course, which is really what football is all about, they, they start to just slow down a little bit. And all of a sudden, these DBs are catching up or what have you. We don't see that with Carmelo. We see a lot of acceleration at the line and through the breaks he makes as a wide receiver. And, and likewise, when he's carrying the football from the backfield, there's a patience. There's a, there's a gear down element to his game before hitting that burst. That's another knock on these track guys. They just want to go at all times, whether they're pass rushers, receivers, et cetera, running backs, they just want to go and hit that fifth gear immediately. That's not how football works. You have to be patient. You have to allow plays to develop, show the vision, and then go and react from there. So I didn't think we see enough of that in, in Taylor's game to not peg him as a, a track star only type of, of wide receiver. And I think that's why it's, it's a, it's a that much more important get for Penn state. Cause he's already checked that first box that, or that or answered that first question that is inevitably going to come up when somebody sees his track times. I actually didn't check this before we got on. Where does this put Penn state? They've been rocking it and recruiting lately. Yeah, they've been right, right in the thick of the top 10. Uh, so they've had some fluctuation on their commitment list. So if they bump down, they'll bump right back up. But but they could be on the verge of, of a really big uh, pledge in this class. Jackson Smolik, the Elite 11, you know, breakout star uh, that Penn State just offered, decommitted from Tulane in the middle of the week. So it does seem like if he makes a decision sooner rather than later, Penn State could replace another big flip they lost earlier in this cycle in Marcus Stokes at the quarterback spot. So that's really in how we evaluate classes, the big hole in Penn State's class. So if they they march towards filling that gap, uh, I think this class will be uh, more complete in presentation and continue to rise up the ranks thereafter. I mean, Ohio State's going to maybe run away with the best class in the Big Ten. But at this point, it's hard to imagine Penn State not penciling themselves in as that number two spot and that's like like we talk about in the sec behind either alabama or georgia i mean that's a great spot to be in because of of the ridiculousness that is ohio state recruiting 
Yeah, it's huge. Moving on to the Buckeyes, they picked up a commit a little more than a week ago, I believe it was by now, Arvell Reese, linebacker, another four-star guy. So uh, again, still one of the better gets for Ohio State, but of course, as you mentioned, they're bringing in guys like this all the time, it seems. But this guy, an Ohio native, he's got some more size to him in a linebacker spot too. It it seems like body-wise, he is pretty close to college ready, maybe. I mean, you never know with the strength and all that kind of stuff. He'll get in the weight room. But what do you know about this player and how he navigates from that linebacker spot? Yeah, a big need for Ohio State. Believe it or not, we know they're they're so consistent on offense, right? Every position is really great. I mean, they got four receivers in the 99 that we just released. It was just absurdities. And in the secondary, they're always good, right? We, We know the prowess, the talent is always there. But uh, at that that linebacker level and the pass rusher level, outside of a couple of great players in the last few cycles, not a lot of depth at those positions. So you need to continue to stack talent in that regard. And I think Reese could potentially satisfy two of those needs, depending on, like you said, Nate, you set me up perfectly, how his body fills out right now, 6'3", 210, 215, something like that. But man, you see a lot of explosiveness and edge ability in his game. So it makes you wonder, will he bulk up and be kind of that linebacker that likes to walk down and and pressure the passer in addition to Larry Johnson's guys up front, or does he stay at that true second level and help you with that explosiveness cover some of these, you know, crazy tight ends we see in the big 10 or these slot receivers that give people a ton of fits. Could he be that type of player for the Buckeyes or maybe the answer is both, but either way, I think he's got the athletic foundation to do that. I mean, a lot of his highlights are special teams plays, where as one of the biggest men on the field, young men on the field, he's the first guy down there to, to make contact. So I think there's there's a lot of just pure speed and explosiveness in his game. He is absolutely a finisher at the point of contact. And now he's he's going to play at Cleveland Glenville, which is really one of those programs, right? When you talk about Ohio football and Ohio State football, frankly, Cleveland Glenville is one of those programs that you just expect to see a lot of intensity and a lot of talent. Uh, so he's now transferring there to play his senior season. So that pipeline all of a sudden continues a little bit more for the Buckeyes. But again, it's a bigger position of need than people realize. They assume, okay, number two class or whatever it is, they, they have everything. Well, it's not always the case. There's still big needs defensively for the Buckeyes. So I think doing so and satisfying that need in state is, is always impressive. Someone mentioned the same thing about Ohio State's linebackers. I had put up, put up something about how, like, it seems like every, like, position group at Ohio State could could beat with any others in the country. And then I got responses and stuff like, oh, Ohio State's linebackers could beat Iowa's linebackers. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> of well, course. you know, that's what it is. Uh, you mentioned a guy like Stalwick, who's a decommit Penn State target. Is there anybody who you're – thinking right now is like at least on the radar as this is a big guy who could be making a decision soon that has big 10 names around him yeah there's a there's a few guys that are are getting closer to decisions we're, we're at that bubble nathan where it's like we want to commit before our senior seasons but we also want to focus on our senior seasons as well but you know the the late summer visit window i think really uh pushed guys towards making decisions Right, right in the month of, of August. So in terms of like commitments that are already planned, there are a few that are going to have some Big Ten connotations. You know, Miles McBay, big St. Louis 
offensive lineman comes to mind. I think he comes off the board tonight, actually. So I don't know when this is airing, but that could be uh, something that involves a couple of Big Ten programs uh, as well. Kelby Collins, a big defensive lineman from down in Alabama. He's, he's had Ohio State, Penn State involved in his conversation. Tamarian Parker just decommitted from Penn State. So that's another position of need up front uh, for the Nittany Lions in terms of this cycle. So in the next week or so, there could be a few decisions that do impact the Big Ten. But the one I've got my eye on is, is certainly Smolik. If he pops, I do think the sooner the better from that Penn State angle. Otherwise, some teams outside of the region that haven't satisfied that quarterback need, well, one in the region is, is Notre Dame. They could get involved. Then you go uh, into the South, Florida State, um, Auburn, uh, Texas A&M, yet to bring in a quarterback, Georgia, in this class of 2023. So you wonder if they trickle down to Smolik uh, on their radar. But, you know, this is uh, an interesting case late in the cycle. He finished number eight for us at the Elite 11, uh, which is a big deal because this year is branded as kind of the year of the quarterback in recruiting. So to finish eighth as a guy who we didn't know a ton about when he got to L.A. as a replacement for the Elite 11, Pretty cool story, and, and it looks like it's going to pay off uh, pretty quickly after the event for him once he uh, levels up and picks his new school. Uh, let's wrap things up by looking a little bit down the road, John. As you look at and you see high school players, like you said, starting their football seasons, college football programs obviously starting their seasons as well. What do you think we'll see as far as, I mean, obviously things will slow down, but what do you think we can expect as far as like, frequency of news and recruiting news throughout this football fall and also what windows are we going into here like what are people allowed to do yeah Jaden Bonds is another guy that keep an eye on by the way New Jersey kid Ohio State very much in the thick of it speaking of needs and adding to a great class big time safety recruit um, but yeah I think after the I think he's committing the 14th by the way but after mm -hmm. this window yeah it is going to slow down a little bit I think the kids who are left are going to start to I try to be methodical about picking the games they want to see. And that's where recruiting really changes. I think if you take a summer visit, you're really interested in that program, right? There's not a lot going on. You know, the students aren't really on campus. It's about recruiting. I think now this time of year, you start to you be a little bit of a college football fan, which is understandable. You start to say, hey, which games do I want to see, right? You know, Ohio State, Notre Dame, uh, Oregon, Georgia, a bunch of big games, of course, early in the season uh, throughout the country. You know, you start to try to be methodical about that. Um, but so there will be visits, but they're not all as, I guess, intense as we saw over the summer. And they won't all be official visits, of course. So I do think we'll see a little bit of fluidity, just certainly not as much as we expected in, in or as much as we got in June and in the month of July, even into August at this point. So a lot of kids are going to kind of take their time. And, and the other part of that is they, they want to see how these schools look. Um, not, not only is it, you know, schools that we expect to be great, you know, hey, can they actually live up to the hype? But there's 20-something new Power 5 coaching staffs out there, right? How does LSU look under Brian Kelly? Uh, how does Notre Dame look under Marcus Freeman? I know the Big Ten didn't have any, you know, true turnover in that regard, but it's going to factor into some of these decisions, particularly relative to the position projection that these kids occupy. If you're a quarterback, you want to know how Mario Cristobal's offense is going to look under Josh Gaddis, right? Those are maybe contrasting styles optically. How is that going to meld together when they hit the field this fall, you know, there's a lot still to be answered on the field from these programs. And it's not just on the positive end. It could also work on the negative end where, you know, Hey, school X is left tackle. Wisconsin's left tackle is just getting killed today. 
So when you're recruiting the next one, there's like, hey, uh, yeah, we need you, kid. Uh, it, there's there's a sell in every element of this, but the season will dictate some some alterations in the pitches there as well and the perception from the prospects and uh, at the same time. John Garcia, Jr., Director of Recruiting over at Sports Illustrated. Pleasure as always to have you on here on the show to join us and talk recruiting here for a little bit. Again, things may be slowing down a little bit here after these next couple of weeks, but we'll still get John back on to talk on whatever is going on in recruiting whenever it breaks. Uh, John, thanks as always for joining us on the program. We appreciate it. Sounds good, my friend. Thanks for having me.